Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, navigating behaviors and triggers of fussy eaters has long been an enigma for many parents. You know, frustratingly, many fussy eaters can eat well at childcare and or long daycare. However, they don't at home. So the question is, why is this the case? And what strategies and techniques can be learned from childcare centers and applied at at home to help incentivize your fussy eater? Well, we're just about to find out as we welcome our special guest, Marie-France Laval, dietitian, uh, nutritionist, and counsellor originally from France. Now, she is also the CEO of Fussy Eater Solutions, where she offers a wide range of online and in-home programs to support fussy eaters and their families. And today, Marie-France will be sharing her expert advice to help us understand, you know, what is there to learn from this situation that can help remove, I guess, the barriers at home and take a, you know, a step closer to raising happy, healthy little eaters. Welcome back, Marie France. How are you? Very good, Rachel. How are you? Yes, really, um, really excited to, to chat to you. And it's a very interesting scenario, which um, I'm looking to looking forward to learning more about and of course helping everyone watching and listening now initially to help get us started and of course just to set the scene for the context of what we're chatting about today we published um, an article of yours on this exact topic um, that being um, the topic is and the title is my child eats well at kinder but won't eat at home now for someone who hasn't read the article yet can you please tell us you know what is the article about and of course just what inspired you to write about it. So the article is really about these children who seem to eat so well at childcare and then really struggle at home. And mums often will tell me about this. They will often feel guilty. So I was inspired to write this following a conversation with a mum who said yeah. she was desperate because the daughter seemed to be doing so well at childcare, eating even exotic foods and then coming home and struggling with the most basic of foods. Wow. So in your experience then, why do you find some children do eat well at childcare and then not at home? So first of all, you know, it's a question I always ask parents whom I work with. So I want to know whether the child attends a childcare centre, where meals are provided. And if it is the case, I ask, I always ask if their child eats well at childcare. And that really gives me some perspective. So I think, um, you know, the professionals perhaps in the environment of the childcare centre have a know-how that we can draw ideas from. And so one of the first um, elements of the answer, I think, is in the fact that childcare centres do run on a routine. They have structure. So they will get the children to sit um, at a very given, a very specific time, uh, which often coincides with Um, giving enough of a gap to the children so that they can be hungry. So, for instance, there will be no grazing at childcare. The children will be called to the table, and usually that's about two and a half to three hours since they last had a snack. So by then they should be hungry, 
ready to sit down and therefore more interested in food. Um, so that would be a number one part of the answers. A lot of the parents that I work with will struggle somehow with routine and having a good structure where the children sit properly <laughs> and for a while at the table. Um, most of the parents I talk to will have kids who run around. So you need to work on this aspect um, as a first step really to get started. The second element I found really um, that may be helpful is that it is quite possible that at childcare there is less of a pressure um, on the kids, less attention, and that, in my view, somehow frees the children to explore their food. So they don't have anyone really doting upon them at this at the, at the same time as they're trying to get the food eaten, um, and that is the parents. So when the parents um, do this at home, I found that a lot of kids really, and because they are in that you know process of being uh, separating and individuating, they're becoming more of their own person, they will really struggle with the attention and the pressure from the parents. The third element was the fact that they probably are given more independence as well. I have been to childcare centers, um, bless them, that allow the children to serve themselves, which is so lovely to watch and so so much fun because you'll have these two years old, two-year-old kids grabbing, you know, a, a big spoon of food and stew sometimes, and they'll drop it on their plate and they put food everywhere, it makes a mess. But somehow that really coincides with the kids becoming more independent. And I think that helps them to really venture on their own terms and when they're ready to eating new foods. And then the last thing, and definitely the one that's been measured in research by, by a researcher who's passed away now, but she's such a reference to anybody doing work in this area, Lillian Birch. And she, she showed that um, kids in this type of environment benefit from peer, from their peers. So you could call it peer pressure, but I, I think it's more that they benefit from their peers. So they'll watch what the other children are eating and they'll get more confident around the food that is offered because the other children are um, eating the food. Um, I often have parents who tell me that their siblings are much more um, influential than, they, than parents can be on their own children. And it's both ways, right? They can be influential in a neg negative way when it comes to eating or really positive because they eat something. So modeling from other children is um, is amazing um, chance and an amazing um, opportunity that kindergarten basically, um, um, sorry, childcare centers basically offer. And Lillian Birch showed that if you took a group of children who lacked a let's say a food that was an A food and put them in a group which um, overwhelmingly liked the B food, within a matter of days, the children would tend to prefer the B food. They were that influenced by their peers. And why, why was that, do you think? Because they just, they just want to be... They just want to be like their friends. It's just, it's just that influence, the circle of influence. I, I, I don't know, but she certainly measured it. Um, and I don't think I have the answer, but it's interesting. So, you know, we always hear about these French children whose parents seem to be on top of their game when it comes to feeding and parenting. But in fact, 
I always say a lot of the fitting is done also by uh, the canteen from um, the childcare center to to the high school canteen. Yeah. And so that uh, provides a different environment and uh, new opportunities. And certainly, as measured in the research, a, um, an environment that's conducive due to um, the other kids modeling. Eating. Yes. So can I ask a question then? So if a child is, in fact, eating a wide variety of uh, food at childcare or long daycare, um, flavors, textures, um, and they're not eating at home, would this be, con- uh, be considered as a good sign? Um, and if that's the case, does that mean that they're not necessarily a fussy eater um, at all because they, they do actually eat that food um, whilst, you know, in the presence of educators and, and their, their peers in childcare? Yeah, so providing that the uh, childcare centre is recording properly the food that is eaten by the children, right? We have to trust that this is the case. And then these kids go home and really struggle with food. It can be a combination of things that I will look at when I work with the family. So I will always welcome them and still work with them because obviously we need to be able to to understand what's happening. But I would say to parents, you know, do not despair because this is already half the battle that's won. If you, in effect, have a child visiting well at childcare, then it's less one less thing to be worried about. I'm much more concerned about kids who really also do not eat at childcare. Yes. Well, I just wanted to deep dive a little bit more into those four key points that you had just sort of highlighted um, just earlier, just to sort of deep dive a little bit into each one of them. Slash them out a little bit more so uh, you know as you were just mentioning and I understand that more often enough that um, child care centers use routines as you mentioned um, that enable children to eat um, with their appetite so they actually go to the table hungry as opposed to grazing which you mentioned so that is potentially a strategy that parents can use at home Um, so I just wanted to understand aside from that is there anything else that they do um, or not um, you know using structure and routines uh, that suit fussy eaters at all is it just the fact that they do actually go to the table with appetite as opposed to seeing that there's always food around and yes I want it no I don't type of thing that suits their their behaviors of fussy eating so appetite is a major uh, is a big deal when it comes to fussy eating Um, Research definitely points to the fact that when children are, as their appetite is manipulated, uh, you yep. get better results for sure. Um, and so there are um, scientists who have looked into this. They've taken a group of kids and really used appetite. It doesn't mean that they've starved them, but they've put them in an environment for a number of days where the food was different and and, and sometimes not liked. But because the hunger was manipulated, it was producing much better results in terms of these kids opening up. Having said that, of course, for the other facetas, the extreme facetas, it can be a lot more complex. Okay. So the difference between fussy eaters and extreme fussy eaters, would you say? Oh, absolutely. So the more extreme fussy eaters will not eat well at at the childcare centre at at all. Okay, so mm. just using appetite um, and structure, how can parents model this technique at home to help? Well, they can just do that. They can um, stop grazing. Um, yep. So that means that the children can't just go and help themselves. 
um, and they can make sure that they provide an environment where the child is sitting properly at a table somewhere. A lot of um, parents with toddlers, they'll end up, you know, following their toddlers around with food. Um, and that may work a few times, but at the end, um, it never produces good results. So mm. you want to have that hunger. You want to have that structure. Yeah. You mentioned earlier also that childcare centres provide um, more independence to fussy eaters with uh, serving their own, um, um, you know, portion of, of their meal on their plate, which, you know, sounds very empowering for a child to, to be able to do that. So I just wanted to ask, you know, how else do you think parents can adapt this technique at home then? Yeah, look, I'm not saying all childcare centres will do that, but I've, yes. I have visited a number of childcare centres who do that, and I think that's brave and and really um, lovely and gives a, a children a chance to become autonomous so families can do that at home by simply putting the food in the middle on of the table and offering the kids to um, I mean, offering to serve the children or letting the children serve themselves so if you are a parent who's really worried about mess then that may be quite a bit of a step for you. If you are a parent who is concerned about your child not touching a food, then that may be really quite a step for you. But if you plate your child, um, if you plate for your child and they don't eat a specific food, they're not going to get more um, enticed. Um, more like they're not likely to eat the food just because you plated it. So the yes. more you let them go to the plate or the food, I mean, and the better it, the yes. results. So it's it sounds like it's worthwhile for parents to consider serving a meal from the middle of the table rather than plating up for your child. Give them the option, but it's about finding the structure and routine that really suits you at home and your household. Yes, that's Did right. you say? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And a leap of faith, definitely, when you serve from the middle of the table. Yeah. And then another thing you mentioned earlier, that the childcare environment provides um, less attention and pressure to fussy eaters. So it sounds like children are able to relax more um, as the educators you know, maybe turn their attention to other children. Um, this means that they can possibly eat at their own pace and, you know, um, access their food peacefully without any anxiety. So I just wanted to see if you could maybe expand a little bit more and how, of course, this technique once again, because of course, parents, which we've discussed in, in, in other, you know, interviews and chats before that naturally that parents of fussy eaters have got high anxiety themselves, ensuring that the children are eating and um, everything that goes with that. So, so applying that um, less uh, attention um, and pressure technique, can you maybe expand on how, how else and what else parents could be doing to maybe help? <laughs> yeah, so my assumption is staff at childcare centres are trained to help children develop their independence. Um, and so they are going to be working with a group of children. They're not going to be able to just sit with one child, yeah. making sure that they swallow each spoon. Um, but what we know from the research and really extensively has been demonstrated, uh, pressure does not work, quite the opposite, in fact. So the more pressure you put on a child, and pressure can be really subtle. It can be just you sitting and watching every spoon that your child um, will um, actually swallow. So um, pressure definitely impacts um, and worsens fussy eating. 
Now, turning the focus at home just for a moment, you know, we understand that parents are a child's safe place and in your presence, you know, they are um, their most comfortable and most likely to show, you know, and be be safe to show their their true emotions um, and, and and they, they know what they can and can't get away with as well. So, I mean, due to this, do you actually think that fussy eaters could, and I'm not saying this is the case, but as a question, I'm playing devil's advocate, the fussy eaters could potentially take advantage of their parents' kindness um, and engage um, with educators in long daycare who have a, a different level of authority, knowing that the educator may not let them get away with not eating their food, but at home because the parents are the safe place that they they know that can maybe get away with stuff. I don't know. I'm just asking. Uh, no, no, but that's a good question indeed. I mean, kids are meant to be in their safe place at home and they are more likely to express their discontent um, it also is quite likely they may be tired at home when they come back after a day at childcare so they may be a bit cranky um, with at dinner time um, and yes they may express their independence in a way that they would not um, at childcare having said that I think they do not eat um, to please the childcare centre staff they eat because they feel confident and comfortable enough, that's for sure. Mm. But, yeah, at home with fatigue, um, they can be pain in the butt, um, you know, and um, how many parents will you talk to okay. who will tell you that they their kids eat everything at uh, grandpa and grandma or sleeps well at grandma and grandpa, but then are terrible at home when it comes to sleep or um, eating? Yeah. And the other thing is also about the peer modelling, which you mentioned earlier um, from other children and, and siblings. So is there anything else you could maybe expand on this that you found, found um, as you work with different families, any other techniques with peer modelling um, that, and I mean, let's say hypothetically also uh, a child is, is an only child. Uh, is there anything else that a, a parent could, could potentially do where they don't have the, the, the presence of um, this, you know, siblings to help um, encourage their fussy eater along to, to, to be eating? What are your thoughts? So first of all, if they have a sibling who eats well um, and they are using this environment where the other sibling, the, the sibling eats well, you don't want to start comparing the kids. That would become pressure. You just want to be very natural. Don't compare. Yep, don't no, say. No, of course, yep. don't compare. If you only have one child but you have friends, for instance, and I've worked with one family recently, I remember that, where mum was on the run with uh, two kids but then she would match, meet up with a girlfriend and her of a child, her child, um, and they would get together. And somehow this child was really um, confident with food, and that really helped the other kids to be, to start to explore the food. So you could use um, your um, the the, the uh, I would say the good eaters or the confident eaters that you know to provide uh, to provide. Um, some opportunities for the kids to eat together at times. But um, if you're on your own, um, you really also can eat with your children. Um, and a lot of parents don't because they are busy. Um, however, to learn to eat, you have to be modeled to. From the day that you start to learn to chew to the day that you have explored the number of foods that your parents actually eat. So let's say that in the first six to 10 years, kids will learn about the family food. They are going to learn to eat with you. 
And um, the best way to do that is to actually sit with them, cook with them, explore food with them okay. uh, in an environment that's as very low to no pressure. Yes. Okay. So for families with, uh, you know, one child, the, the um, concept is to be able to take that place of the presence of a, of a sibling to eat with the child and actually be present with them to help encourage. Yes. Okay. Thank you that. Um, and I understand that you also work with a lot of family who, whose children hardly eat at childcare. So, of course, we've, we've been speaking up until now about the the children who eat well at childcare but then go home and, and don't eat at home. But understanding that you're working with what you – would you would you class this as an extreme fussy eater then? I don't know. Oh, yes. Um, so when the children don't eat at childcare, um, that's a very different game altogether. Um, because these are kids who go home really hungry. And by the way, I have written my uh, a blog post on my website and I've linked it to the, the blog post on, on Kidipedia. Um, so you can either go to fasteater.com.au to see that blog post. And I've explained to parents what they can do um, to support the child who really does not eat at childcare at all. Um, and then comes home starving, um, panicked, sometimes really cranky, and parents find themselves, um, uh, you know, just early on in the afternoon trying to get something um, ready for their child, then, you know, gets in, uh, arrives fairly shortly after that, their child's not hungry for dinner, so it can be really difficult. Um, but it's something you need to be able to solve, right? You need to be able to make sure that children are comfortable enough that it, they can eat at childcare. I've had parents who take their children out of childcare and to a new place um, to solve this. So again, um, it's worth checking. It's worth having good communication with the staff at the childcare center. It's worth checking the menus and seeing what is on offer. Um, it's worth checking the routine at the childcare center. And then on my website, what I did is I put a few of the questions that you can ask. You know, you want to know if your child is okay to sit with others. So when your child is really not okay to sit with others for a meal, then you want to know what's bothering them. You know, are they sensitive mm. kids from a sensory perspective? Are they kids who are sensitive to the noise? Are they kids who are sensitive to the smell of food? Are they kids who really struggle to eat with others? And then with the childcare centers, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a visit next week of a childcare center because we have this kid that I've, and I've been working with the family for a while. He's going to these childcare centers. We know he's never eaten there. So I want to see what we can tweak and put together so that they help him. One of the things the childcare centers always do, which I think is a mistake, is that they will bring something after they've exhausted all possibilities. So they'll start... Um, doing basically what parents would do, which is short order cooking. So this child is not eaten. This child is really struggling with, let's say, a curry. Uh, um, but then they go and they get something else and they reinforce the behavior. They say, yeah. well, you didn't eat your curry, so now we're going to get you a bread Again. and Vegemite roll. Yep. So that's not helpful. I would rather they had the bread on the table with the with the curry so that this child was able to tackle some of the food, hopefully with the other kids, and still be comfortable watching others eat, other kids eat, and watching other food on the table, 
and um, get some exposure in that way. Yes. Okay. Um, and you just uh, mentioned also that there's some questions that parents can ask um, when they are looking for a childcare centre or a long day care centre. Is there mm. any other questions you would recommend parents ask as well if their child um, has presented as a, as a fussy eater? Yeah, so are they, you know, do they sit with the others at mealtimes? Are they okay to sit with others or do they need to go to a different um, part of the room, the, the yep. lunch, um, the, the environment where they have the lunch? Um, so are they happy to sit down? Um, do they look at all of what the other kids are eating? You know, are they interested? Do they touch the food? Um, because touching the food is actually quite a big step and then they not eat it. Do they actually bring it to the mouth and then spit it out so we want to know uh, understand some of these behaviors um, um the noise is a big one that i found you know for some kids are super sensitive so if the noise is a problem then what do we do um in that environment so we want parents to be able to really get some answers um when they work with me, I ask for a video of what's happening at childcare, or I will go and, which is what I'm doing next week, I'll, I'll have a look um, to get a, a bit of an idea of what is going on. Mm -hmm. But it's something you want to work on with the childcare centre. You want to hopefully find a good compromise. I found a lot of the childcare centres are concerned about give, giving breath for starters um, with the meal, which... Um, which is a bit um, of an issue because then this really are stuck. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll be given something else anyway. So if you served it in the first place, then, it, you know, the kids would find their marks and be able to tackle at least one food that they can tackle. And time. Okay. Well, look, we have, there's a lot of information in the article that you've, um, you know, written for Kittypedia this month. And as you mentioned, there's lots of internal linking through to your website also as a follow-on and lots of lots of helpful tips. So we'll have all of those links in the show notes. And thank you for just being so helpful today and, and insightful, all, all of these tips and advice to, to be able to help families. If you were to summarise, I guess, the key messages for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? So it would be that if your child eats well at childcare, um, and um, hardly anything at home, then it's have the battle. You're not in a huge predicament. Um, and a few, maybe a few just adjustments will help you to work it out. And then if your child really also struggles at home and at childcare, and then perhaps you do need to get some help. Okay. And if, if that is the case and they want to reach out to you to find out some more inf information, more about can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram and they can find me um, via my website and that's fussyeater.com.au. Okay, great. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes. Marie France, thank you again. It's an absolute pleasure and look forward to another chat, hopefully in the not too distant future. Take care. Thanks, Rachel. You take care. Bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kiddiepedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddiepedia by visiting our website at kiddiepedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening. 
and be sure to give my love to the kids.